All right. Welcome to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and with me, as always, is Brandon. And as we are continuing on with our kind of new format here in 2020, uh, no segments, no gimmicks right into things. And uh, Brandon, how surprised are you that, you know, there are some positive things to say about the Lions this week? Um, I was really surprised at that game. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I went back and listened to the, the show and I was like, wow, pretty much every prediction I made was wrong. <laughs> uh, well, you know, sometimes there are those weeks and it's kind of one of those like catch 22 things because it's just like, do we want them to be good now? Or like, at what point are we not wanting to Went a whole lot, and then I heard somebody say something about a playoff push. Oh, gosh. And I was just like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, at this point, um, and I know, like, we haven't even talked about details with the game and the performance or anything, but do people really want this to be a quote unquote good season? Like, do people want to hold on to Matt Patricia? Cause you know, if it's going to be any good at all, they're probably going to hold on to him for at least another year. Yeah, I would think so. I, I don't know. I, th- I think it's time for him to go. Like, I don't think they're any better than they were when Jim Caldwell was the coach. I mean, he went nine and seven and then they fired him. Yeah. Yeah, except for but he had a didn't he have a couple seasons with better um records? Yeah, he did. Yeah, so it was kind of like a decline for him where if Patricia has an increase in wins, I don't know if they would get rid of him. But who knows, the Lions always do things you never expect, like win games. <laughs> so, yeah, the final from um the weekend was the ridiculously close game, the crazy performance, the Atlanta Falcons player made a dumb, dumb mistake, and Detroit won by one with a final score of 23 to 22. So while this was not identical, it was a lot of deja vu uh, for the Penn State-Indiana game from the day before. So Atlanta had the game. Atlanta could have run out the clock, but the player fell into the end zone when they realized they were making a mistake. And then as is kind of Lions fashion when they shouldn't win and when they've had the entire game to do something good, they wait until like the last 60 seconds. So, (laughs) yeah, this is true. Yeah. Todd Gurley kind of, kind of screwed up there. Uh, his though I felt like he was just trying to get the first down and you know he got knocked a little bit and he kind of like stumbled and he was trying to stop himself and he stopped like pretty much on the goal line and scored the touchdown yeah his his definitely seemed like he wasn't intending to do it uh, where it was a little different with the Penn State Indiana game but yeah that's something to think about too now where if it's a short enough yardage situation 
that teams should honestly try to get behind the player and push them forward. Mm-hmm. Or if anything, honestly, the offense would be probably smart to just lose yards, like run the ball back a couple yards and then fall down. Yeah. So, but anyways, that's how things played out and the Lions got the win and it was not a pretty game at all. I mean, my pre- my prediction was way off. At least yours was kind of in the right ballpark for a score. <laughs> So, I mean, while we were, I was expecting the offenses to blow up, but then apparently the either, I really just think that the offense, uh, both offenses decided to kind of crap the bet on this one and didn't really do anything. It wasn't so much the defenses were amazing. Right. It was, I mean, it was kind of a dull game until the last, you know, few drives Mm -hmm. where it got, you know, kind of interesting, a little exciting. Um, that missed field goal by Matt Prater. I totally called that one. <laughs> I, Everybody always I talks about like how clutch, you know, and he won a game earlier this year by mm-hmm. kicking a field goal. But I, I feel like that guy, sometimes he, you know, and a lot of times that's to deal with how far he has to kick it. Yeah. You're kicking, you know, 50 some yard field goals, but. I just had a feeling. I'm like, he's he's gonna miss it. That was, that's just typical, and then he missed it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he got his butt saved. So yeah, and at least he made that extra point at the end of the game. Yeah, and so then the Lions took the win. Was there anything major that you wanted to kind of take away from this game or talk about, or is this just kind of? Same old Lions. Well, I don't know. It's every week's different, but they're always kind of like putting up non-impressive performances. Let's say that. Yeah, I just. It was a it was a fun game to watch there at the end. Um, God, like I said, it was a little dull at the beginning, but. You know, all in all, Stafford played pretty well. I mean, he only he passed. 25 for 36 for over 300 yards and a touchdown. So not too bad. Uh, Kenny Galladay went over a hundred yards and receiving. I mean, that guy's just solid. And mm-hmm. I heard rumors that the lions were trying to trade him to the giants, but they couldn't make a deal. <laughs> and I don't know the reasoning behind that, because if you saw the games at the beginning of the season without Galladay in a lineup, that team was almost unwatchable. Yeah. And like I don't understand how you can draft a guy. He was drafted in like the third or fourth round, I think. And mm-hmm. he's already like I'd say he's like top fifteen receiver in a league. Okay. Like why why don't you just want to pay that guy? Uh dude, uh because... That's a guy that no one expected to be as good as he is. Yeah. And the lines are a crapshoot and he's one of their best players. So I don't know, maybe because his name isn't Calvin Johnson. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Well, Calvin and he just retired early and then they refused or they made him pay his money back. Yeah. (laughs) Slap him in the face for all the years of dealing with such a crappy team. I know. 
Um, TJ Hawkinson looked pretty good. He got that touchdown there at the end of the game. Yeah, I think a tight end's actually panning out for the Lions for once. Yeah, he's played pretty good this year. He hasn't put up like huge numbers, but he's you know he's been solid. He's got a few touchdowns, and you know he does kind of the the dirty work. Yeah, Swift did all right this week, but definitely nothing like last week. But again, that was the Jaguars last week. So, yeah, and Atlanta's you know defensive line is pretty decent. I mean, they got Grady Jarrett in the middle, so he's one of the better defensive tackles in the league. So I can understand you know, a little bit hard running for that. I mean, he only had nine carries for twenty-seven yards, but he did have a touchdown. No excuses. No. <laughs> <laughs> and he also he also added uh, 21 yards of receiving on four receptions. Yeah, I I, I like um, Swift. I, I mean, it's not going to be one of those running backs that comes in and totally changes the dynamics of a team, but he is a good addition. Oh, yeah, I agree. I like the way he runs. He runs hard, but he also has... You know, he's got some moves and he's got some good speed too. Yeah. So, can we pretty much say that Carry uh, On Johnson's done? Yeah, it seems like it. He had no carries. He had no receptions. <laughs> can we just say that he's done? Yeah, it's kind of interesting that it, you know, is completely done. Uh, well, at least that's what it appears like. Because, I mean, usually it kind of looks like, okay, he's getting like next to nothing. But, I mean, it is like you are cut off. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's. I think he's pretty much done. Uh, I guess on the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned uh, Romeo Aguara had two sacks. Mm-hmm. The defense did some, a little bit, maybe a little bit more than expected. Uh, as I was saying, since it was low scoring, so yeah, not as many big plays as I anticipated. So, well, nothing earth shattering. I mean, I, as you were saying, though, really exciting finish <laughs> as the Lions uh, do in fashion, mm-hmm. um, where it's usually disappointing, but this time they actually won. So. We'll have to see if they do anything moving forward now that they're sitting at uh, three and three. So, and we will be talking about, uh, wait, no, are we talking about, do you want to talk about their upcoming game first or do you want to recap? Yeah, we might as well touch on that one real quick. Okay. Switch up the format. Oh yeah. We don't know what we're doing 2020. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Does anybody know what they're doing in 2020? No. We, we can I... just blame the Rona. Yeah. Um, so Sunday, the Lions play the Colts at one on CBS. Uh, Colts are four and two right now. They don't really have anything that wows me, but they're a pretty solid team, like especially in the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a new quarterback this year, which, I mean, new quarterback and Phillip Rivers. Uh, his first year in Indy. Uh, I still have T.Y. Hilton. He's he's decent. I mean, he's starting to get older, too, and kind of slowing down. Uh, pretty much the offense lately has been Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. I mean, we know him well. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's kind of been like the lead back ever since Marlon Mack got hurt. 
Uh, on the defense, they have Darius Leonard. He's a pretty good out, or he's a pretty good outside linebacker. Uh, he's missed the last two games of the groin injury, and he's kind of questionable for Sunday. So we'll see if he suits up. And then they got Justin Houston. He leads the team in sacks. Uh, pretty decent defensive end. Um, I can't remember how many teams he's been on now. Is it there two or three? I think. But, um, yeah, he's still pretty solid as well. Like I said, not really a lot of, like, big weapons there in Indy. Uh, they're still a pretty solid team, like I said. they Michael Pittman Jr. is, you know, their rookie wide receiver. He's he's done shown some flashes here and there of uh, some decent plays. But, yeah, really nobody, like, jumping out to me. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's still the number one wide receiver, so he'll probably get the the bulk of the targets, I'd say. Uh, they got a couple decent tight ends. One of them's uh, Mo Ali Cox. He's, I think, he's like second or third on a team in receiving right now. But yeah, I mean, not really too much to talk about with the Colts. Um, yeah, we'll see how that game goes. I think it might be a kind of a close one. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Just that is kind of a weird thing because Colts haven't really done anything that's impressed me really this year. Um, <laughs> but that is the difference, though, is they seem to have more of an identity and more consistency than the Lions do. Um, I mean, yeah. they've been up, they've been up and down. Not to say like they're rock solid or anything, but I don't know. I. Again, I mean, most of the time I kind of lean to the other team has more things to impress me with than the Lions do. But, yeah, I don't know. Well, because, I mean, we could see the Lions go in and, well, this is a home game, go have the best performance ever at the bed the following week. (laughs) So, Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, I mean, like, Matchup wise, you know, at this point in his career, Stafford's probably a better quarterback than Phillip Rivers. Uh, and I would say Galladay's better than T.Y. Hilton. But I, I'd have to give the edge to Taylor over any running back that the Lions have. Yeah. So, well, did you have any other details to share right now? We will be doing our predictions at the end. So, uh, I don't think so. I think we can move on into Michigan. Okay, let's move over to Big Ten football. And so we finally got to watch some Big Ten football this past weekend. There were game, there was a game on Friday. There were games on Saturday, and Michigan played the night game and had quite the opening performance. A lot of question marks um, kind of all over the place. Obviously, we discussed them, you know, new quarterback, young receivers, um, big running back uh, core, uh, questionable secondary, and then having no idea what kind of Minnesota team they were going to face against. And uh, Minnesota had uh, most of their key players, they did have to do some shuffling on their offensive line. I think that was one of the uh, biggest elements for them to work with. And the punter. 
Yes, but that the <laughs> biggest obviously was the punter. And that um while a lot of the times you're thinking, oh, you know, punting's punting. It, this was the extreme worst case scenario for them where it was almost like punting was not an option. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the guy punted what an 18 yard punt at one yeah, point. At one point, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Yeah, so when we saw early on that they faked a punt deep in their own territory, um, the rest of the game kind of showed why they decided not to do that. Um, Their place kicker did okay, but yeah, the um, punting was not good. And that definitely impacted how much their defense had to be on the field and the field position battle. so not saying if they had their punter, that would have been a completely different game, but I think it w- would have been a big benefit to them to be able to use that asset. Yeah. Um, uh, what stuck out to you the most from this game, Brandon? Like, what is the first thing that you would say about this game? Um, the biggest thing I would say um, the offensive line impressed me. Okay. Nice. I feel like they did a pretty solid job and we really didn't know what to expect going into this game with them. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody kind of stuck their assignments pretty well. I, I mean, there was, a, there was a few times that Milton was pressured and had to run out. Um, but I mean, all in all, I feel like the, the line did a pretty good job. Um, and Milton as well. I mean, I didn't know what to expect with him at all. And it's like Jim said last week in the, the voicemail that, you know, he's played like what, maybe a quarter mm-hmm. the entire time he's been there. But he looked really poised and he looked really like laid back back there. It was nice to see Michigan have a quarterback that didn't get like flustered the second, you know, his pocket started collapsing. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it was funny because I texted you and I texted Craig during the game that um, Milton kind of reminds me of Devin Gardner a little bit, except better. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because I said that and it was literally like five minutes later that they're like, uh, Milton's been working with former Michigan quarterback Devin Gardner in the off season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, his athletic ability and like his size and, um, you know, the ability to make things happen on his feet, but seems to make smarter decisions than what Devin Gardner did. Like, he didn't hang on to the ball all the time. You know, he didn't try to force it into coverage. And, yeah, just very – I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get too excited, but, yeah, I was mm-hmm. impressed. Yeah, I think he looked better than a lot of the quarterbacks we've had over the last few years. Yeah. I was – uh, there was a lot to be impressed by, but the thing that I would probably go to first is the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the final score was 49 to 24, uh, allowing a team to put up 24 points uh, might not always seem too impressive or anything. But honestly, with the question marks looming around the defense and then the fact that practically seven of those points were handed to them when they blocked the punt, um, at the very beginning of the game. So, but just the fact that the defense answered back, they got some key stops. 
The secondary, while there are some glaring issues, there were a couple of times that there were some wide open players, but um, Morgan uh, missed them. Mm -hmm. They did a really good job. And man, just Don Brown's defense still getting it done with, you know, your average football team. Again, I I say it probably week in and week out. Uh, As long as Michigan's not playing like, Ohio State, top-end teams, sometimes like the Wisconsin and Penn States, you know the defense is going to have a good performance. And that came true with this game. And the uh, my jaw dropped when Barrett broke through and just laid out the quarterback and that the ball popped out right into Jeter's hands. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Oh man, that that is going to be one that I'm going to remember for years. You know, I mean, it's just you think of some of those things where they just like stick with you. I mean, kind of um, when Smith did, uh, had that run against BYU, where there was a huge pile of guys, and then all of a sudden he just breaks out and he's gone. You know, it wasn't the biggest play in the season but it just stuck with you because it was so unique and just like shocked you so much. And that was definitely this where I I'm not sure if we're going to have another moment that really will, uh, like I said, like my jaw dropped. I was just like, Oh man. And you know, by that time in the night, my kids are already bed. So I'm not like jumping, I'm trying not to jump around and be too loud or anything, but yeah, I, it was a good game to watch. So. I actually wound up watching it. I watched it through twice. I wouldn't say, you know, I watched every minute the second time, but I had it playing in the background like a third time because when I, when I do work on my laptop at home, I like Mm -hmm. having something on in the background. My wife would always have friends uh, on the TV, but when it's just me, I put on a, a football game. And usually uh, since ESPN is awesome and they have on demand, I just went back on there and played the game. And so I look up every once in a while and yeah, just really a fun game to enjoy watching. Um, Another, uh, so some other things to mention, um, I think it was in the first half. It was pretty crazy because there were like eight or more players for Michigan in the first half who had receptions and all of them had like one reception. Mm-hmm. So Milton was just dishing the ball out and, you know, spreading around the field. So that was kind of cool to see too. I mean, I, I like, and I enjoy it when there is a highlight receiver, like um, Ronnie Bell last year uh, did some awesome stuff and he was kind of uh, Patterson's go-to guy. I always wanted it in the past couple of years to be Nico Collins, and I know he was out for a little while, but I felt like he was a little underutilized. But it's nice to see that there were so many players that got action, especially since it's a young uh, group, and that they did well with it too. I mean, you could say the same thing about the running backs because there were a ton of running backs who played too and had carries. So... um. Because, yeah, actually, to talk about my uh, question of the week, I I asked if people thought that Charbonnet was going to be the leading rusher for Michigan. And after that first score for Michigan, when he had um, 
I think it was like a 70 yard run. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, well, there's that. That's done. But then uh, Haskins actually wound up coming out on top. He had um, he had 12 more yards than Charbonnet did for the for the whole game. So that was kind of impressive. And Haskins had his uh, nice run in the second half too. So just great performance all around. Nice to see a lot of different uh, people get involved. Uh, some of the players from last year are still um, doing well too. I mean, I already mentioned Ronnie Bell, Hutchinson's. Uh, doing his stuff, uh, quitty pay, man, you know, so many different players that you could mention, uh, about their performances. So was there anything else that you kind of wanted to take away or mention specifically from Saturday's game? Um, yeah, you mentioned about how, you know, there were so many different guys that had one reception. Uh, one thing with that is that, I'm still not really sold on that wide receiver core. I'm, you know, like you said, I kind of like the idea of Milton spreading the ball around, but at the same time, I I would like to see somebody pop up that becomes that reliable guy. You Mm -hmm. know, like you said, Bell was last year and, you know, probably going to be that this year as well. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, it was weird seeing somebody wear number zero. Yeah. <laughs> like, on both sides of the ball, you know, because was it Rashad Bateman was also zero for Minnesota, and that was just really weird seeing guys wearing zero. Yeah. Yeah, but I did, uh, didn't notice that, too, so... Uh, one thing to mention, uh, of course, first game of the season and everything, but something that has always plagued Michigan over the past, uh, for years, I mean, for a long time, you know, they all, they always kind of seem to get caught up with penalties. Um, so they wound up having 70 uh, penalties for 80 yards in this game. So hopefully as time goes on, that's another thing that they get the opportunity to clean up. So, Oh, another thing that has plagued Michigan for years, um, poor field goal kicking. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely, and definitely, um, at least inconsistency, which is crazy because I thought, uh, you know, he was going to be, eh, you know, more on the reliable side. Um, yeah, he, he kind of started, started off that way, but I th- was it late last year too? He started missing a few. Yeah, so, I think you're right. Yeah, came back down to earth, I guess. Yeah, the tough reality of it. But, um, yeah, on that note, uh, Nordine has been uh, working through something, uh, Harbaugh said, and so I don't think there was any clarification if it's actually a anything to do with an injury or maybe something with eligibility or anything. Um, there has been some mention about some health stuff, so I don't know. You know how – we all know how Harbaugh is. It's really a – pretty ambiguous uh the one thing i have not heard an update about which was kind of the big one was dax hill uh leaving the game something may Mm -hmm. have come out and i may have missed it did you see anything on that or i didn't see anything either Uh, yeah i really hope that you know something too serious yeah yeah honestly um if he has to be out this weekend it might not be the worst time. I mean, I know we're looking at a rivalry game, but uh, things look 
decent going into this weekend. So, um, just looking. Um, a couple of the last things I kind of want to mention and everything is I know a lot of people are getting really high on Michigan already. And it's just like, okay, first of all, one game, people, one game. <laughs> we have no idea how good or bad Minnesota was. First of all, they were missing some some big players, but especially missing that punter. I mean, that can have a pretty decent impact. So let's hold off for a minute and let's see a little bit more. But also, I mean, I kind of just have the feeling that it's going to be, uh, and I don't know, this is just a good way to explain it, and I'm not um, trying to make it sound like a completely negative term, but another Harbaugh year. I know that they're not going to be playing 12 games, but if this was a regular season, I feel like it would be another 10-win season with two, two, like a loss to Ohio State and a loss to somebody else. Yeah. Um, of course, that too is a little bit too early to tell, but that's a game one reaction. While a lot of people I'm seeing are taking the game one reaction of, oh my gosh, we're going to win the Big Ten and <laughs> go to the college football playoff and we're going to beat Ohio State this year. I'm more of this looks like a lot of other years. Now, granted, the offense looks, looks a lot different. Thanks oh, yeah. to Gaddis and Milton. But as far as the overall field, because there's offense and defense and all that other stuff, and there are other mm -hmm. teams you have to play, there are going to be other teams that have a better passing offense than Minnesota does. And my my big my biggest question moving forward is the Michigan secondary. So I guess a good kind of closing thing here, unless you have any other thoughts, Brandon, is what is your big question moving forward for Michigan? Um. I think it's who's going to step up in that receiver core to be like the leader because it can't just be, you know, everybody getting a catch every game. You know, somebody's going to have to step up and be that reliable target for Milton. And I'm just kind of interested to see who that's going to be. Okay. Nice. Very solid question. So anything else to add and review for the Minnesota game? No, I don't think so. All right, then jumping into or looking ahead then to this coming weekend where Michigan will be hosting Michigan State for the Paul Bunyan Trophy and the rivalry game. Michigan is a 24-point favorite, and the over-under is 52.5. Michigan uh, now currently ranked 13 in the AP poll. Um, Michigan, uh, sorry, Michigan State will be coming off of a loss to <laughs> Rutgers. <laughs> Can't say that with a straight face. Uh, 38 to 27. Um, I cannot remember. I forgot to write it down, but it's been how many years since Rutgers has won a conference game? I think since 2016. Yeah. Uh, it was either that or 2018. I don't remember. Okay. But it was, yeah, it's been a while, been a while. <laughs> and uh, and it's been, uh, I think, an even longer time since they've won by double digits. So not the greatest weekend, uh, opening weekend for the Spartans. Um, kind of hard to break things down here a bit. Um, 
Rocky Lombardi, quarterback again, um, went 31 for 43. Uh, he broke 300 passing yards. He had three touchdowns, but also two interceptions. The big bad word from this game for the Spartans was turnovers. Mm-hmm. Did you see how many there were? Seven. Seven. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Ah, ah, ah. That was bad. <laughs> that was bad. He sounded like Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should never do that again. But it was not as bad as their turnovers. So at least I didn't look that bad. Um, <laughs> but what's also crazy, I mean, of course, when you turnovers are going to give Rutgers a short field to work with. But a crazy thing to look at is that Rutgers had 16 first downs. Michigan State had 23. So, And then Rutgers had 276 total yards. Michigan State had 369. And Rutgers had nine penalties for 66 yards. Uh, Michigan State had seven, and that amounted to 52. But, man, uh, Rutgers wound up also creating, giving the ball to the Spartans three times themselves. So, man, talk about, like, a turnover game. Ten, ugly ten game, man. Yeah. So, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, I think everybody's feeling pretty good for Michigan going into this game. Obviously, they're 24-point favorites. I don't yeah. know what they're going to be going with um, as far as, I mean, they they definitely focus more on the passing game. And I don't know if Rutgers was just doing that well stopping the run game or if Michigan State was just struggling with their running backs. Uh, Jordan Simmons was their leading rusher with 14 carries and 43 yards. Uh, there were no rushing touchdowns because uh, then when you go over to uh, the receiving end, Jaden Reed had 11 receptions for 128 yards and two touchdowns. So they definitely did more of the air raid for the Michigan State offense. Um, again, that is where my question is for the Michigan team is their secondary. But honestly, I mean, Michigan State is going to be facing a defense that is completely different than Rutgers. Not to totally dog Rutgers um, and downplay what they were able to accomplish, but, I mean, everybody knows Don Brown's defense is completely different than what everybody else puts out there. So I think things are going to look pretty good for the Wolverines this weekend. Brandon, uh, what are your thoughts? Oh, we're not getting into scores yet, are we? No, that, that'll be in a little bit. We'll do predictions for both lines in Michigan. Well, I'm going to say I didn't watch the Michigan State game, and I didn't watch any highlights. <gasps> but the fact that they lost to Rutgers <laughs> and they had seven turnovers, and just what I saw last year with the team, and I'm like, like who's supposed to be their best player? Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't know. Like, I really don't know any of the guys other than Lombardi, and he didn't look that impressive to me last year. So, I don't know. I just, I think, um, I don't know. It's like, it, it's always an interesting matchup because, you know, the state, this is their 
biggest game of the year. This is the one they really care about. Yeah. It, you know, notoriously, this the the one game where they come out and actually seem to play their hardest. And Michigan doesn't always have the same level of energy, I guess, coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can get kind of caught flat-footed sometimes with State, but um, yeah, I don't think they're going to have too hard of a time with with Sparty this year. Yeah. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I'll, in the past, there have been more times where I would be a little bit more reserved with this because exactly what you were saying, where Michigan State just would seem to come into the game with more determination than Michigan would. Mm-hmm. But Michigan seemed different Saturday. Um, nothing like groundbreaking or anything, but I feel like they might be more focused. That, yeah. uh, I mean, maybe a lot of new players and everything is helpful and young players and they're not out just to win, but they also kind of want to prove themselves because mm-hmm. there are a lot of, you know, new names out there. Um, and you know, they're, they're excited for this. I mean, it's going to be back to back, uh, trophy games for Michigan. Yeah. Uh, they took home the little Brown jug last weekend and it's the Paul Bunyan trophy here. So, um, and I think that Michigan has been building up over the past couple of years to being more prepared for this game uh, from a mental aspect. You know, mm-hmm. the Devin Bush and the um, Chase Winovich, uh, things that have been said and things that have been done, you know, it, it just is different these past few years than it has been like maybe the 10 before that. So I, I'm excited for it. I think it, it will heavily go in Michigan's favor. I am going to enjoy, well, I don't know if I'll say enjoy, but I am looking forward to seeing this secondary get tested more as Michigan state uh, has shown more of an emphasis on uh, being a passing team. I mean, we'll see what happens Saturday, but I do want to see how the Michigan secondary reacts. I think that the defensive front for Michigan is going to be able to help out plenty. Um, I mean, we we saw how aggressive they were in week one, so you know that's going to continue. So, um, yeah, we'll see if they keep trying to spread the ball out between all the different players that they have at running back and wide receiver or if they want to start trying to focus in and develop a strong connection between uh, quarterback and wide receiver. I I'm not sure if that's strategic or if that's just really kind of how things played out last week. So it's going to be really nice to have two games uh, on the record and see how they choose to move forward. Um, one thing I don't like about this game, mm-hmm. it's on Halloween. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Talk about I, that. I really wish it would have been like, you know, Northwestern. Or something like that this week. Yeah. <laughs> or Nebraska, not Michigan State, because usually like Michigan, Michigan State, we you know, make a bunch of food and either we you know, meet up with people or people come over and we watch the game and it's just it's different this year because it's Halloween and I don't know, I got you know, it's gonna be like the first year where my daughter is old enough to like really realize what's going on. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, we want to take her around places, and we'll probably be doing that most of the day. So I'm not even sure if I'll really get to watch the game. It's not about your daughter. It's about the game. No. <laughs> it's, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm really hoping it's going to be a blowout. And then, you know, maybe I'll go back and watch the game later, like you said, on ESPN, mm-hmm. on demand. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. And most of the time, too, and if people didn't re- realize this, uh, a lot of the games get posted on YouTube pretty quickly. So mm-hmm. you keep an, an eye out for that. Um, yeah, well, the one the one game that's going to be really weird for me, and I think I may have said it already, is that Thanksgiving weekend is not going to be the Ohio State game. I mean, it's going to yeah. be a Penn State game, but man, it's always been the Ohio State game. But we'll see about that when that comes. So, um, yeah, no, it will be um, the noon kickoff. So, not sure what your Halloween plans are, um, but. Hopefully you guys will be able to enjoy the game or maybe watch it later. Uh, Anything else to kind of thoughts on the game? I mean, we'll get a chance when we do score predictions and everything to say some final thoughts too. So, No, I think I'm good until scores. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think I'll save some of my final thoughts until we do the predictions. So moving along then. Uh, We will go into predictions, and we will start with the Lions, since that's where we began things tonight. And so the Lions, as stated before, are hosting the Colts, and it is the Lions who are the underdogs, and by two and a half points again. Apparently, Vegas really loves that number. And the over-under is 50 and a half. So, Brandon, what is your score prediction for the Lions game? I'm probably going to regret this, but I am picking the Lions to win <gasps> 23 to 17. So I think they'll beat the spread, but they'll go under the 50 some points there. Okay. Um, that is interesting. I'm actually going to be stealing your score prediction. I think it was from last week. Um, am I right? Yeah, you had 17 to 31, and so I'm taking that this week <laughs> to say that the Lions are going to lose. <laughs> so they will not cover, and they will also be under. That is my prediction then for right. that. Uh, then moving over to the Michigan-Michigan State game. This one I'm going to talk a little bit more about because I have more to say. Um, so yeah, as I mentioned, Michigan State not off to a very good start this year. Um, some Michigan State fans had a lot of great things and anticipation for Mel Tucker. That's not started out that way so far. Michigan looks like they are on the rise up, while Michigan State looks like they are kind of on their way down. And so colliding in week two, I think that Michigan is going to be able to capitalize. They just I watched a little bit of the game. I looked at the uh, the highlights, got ready for tonight to talk about it, and there's just nobody that really sticks out. I mean, Michigan State did have um, Jaden Reed, as I said, but that is going to heavily depend on how well Rocky plays. Mm-hmm. So a uh, lot of question marks there. So I just feel comfortable that Michigan is going to win. Now, could Michigan still struggle and uh, have a tough time because they have young players? Yes. 
that could happen. But I think that they're going to continue um, with their good performances, both offensively and defensively. I am going to do a final score of 38 to 16. Okay. Um, and so Michigan, that would have Michigan not covering. Um, and that would be over if my math serves me correct. I may double check that here in a second. But uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts and predictions? Oh, I think, man, I really hope that it's going to be a blowout because I would love to see Michigan State just get completely throttled. Um, that always makes me smile uh, just because their fans are so annoying sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I It's going to be an interesting game because I don't know. You know, we have a team that gives up seven turnovers it's kind of hard to win a game when you have seven turnovers and turnovers aren't going to be always a consistent thing. So you always, I think they're going to be a little bit more careful against Michigan than they were with Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I, I really think like Lombardi is going to be running for his life. I think yeah. it's going to be like in his face all the time. And from what I saw, at least last year, I don't think that he has the poise and, you know, the the durability, because he's kind of a spindly guy. <laughs> because I don't, I don't know, I don't really see him either holding up or he's going to get shook pretty easily, I think. So I think Michigan's going to win uh, 35 to 10. So they right. will cover that spread. All right, and you are going with the under then. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. All right. There are the predictions. Um, we've got our locks coming up and our questions of the week. Real quick, I do want to recap what happened last week because I forgot to do that before we started doing predictions. Um, so the score so far is. Uh, Brandon, you got two points and I got three points. I was correct on Michigan covering um, against Minnesota. You were correct on the under for the Lions. I was correct on the Lions covering. And then I was right with Charbonnet not being the leading rusher but then you were correct on Marvin Jones with zero touchdown catches. So that's how we find ourselves at two and three rock. All right. So then uh, game locks uh, is the next thing we discuss here real quick before the end of the show. And I do a big 10 game each week. And so this week I am going back to the team that let me down last week. Uh, but this time, I'm going to say that they're not going to cover. So Iowa, being the uh, uh, idiots that they were last week, lost to Purdue. And they are two-and-a-half-point favorites versus Northwestern, who just like scored the most points in the first half of any game that I've ever seen them play. So <laughs> I am going to say Iowa does not cover two-and-a-half points against Northwestern. All right. 
mine, um, I have to choose an NFL game. And I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers covering the 12-point spread over the Giants. Because the Giants blow. Well, you said that about the uh, Jets last week. and uh... Yeah. They screwed me. Yeah, I don't know. I gotta. I gotta trust Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> All right, trust TB. They, in... They've been on a roll lately, so I think that he's gonna cover that spread. TB playing in TB, Ooh. which I believe is a Monday night game. All right, Monday, Monday, well. Monday. Uh, last thing coming up then is our questions of the week. And so I will start with the Michigan question. And I liked your over-under uh, that you did last week. So I'm going to use over-under as well. And I'm saying over-under. Michigan will force uh, three turnovers again. How many turnovers will Michigan force against F- MSU? Over-under three. Mm. I am going to go with Under. Uh, Brandon. You know, I don't have to pick different than you, so I'm going to go under. <laughs> okay. Nope, that's no problem. We can both have the same answer, so we'll see how that goes. It's it's tough because I feel like three is, like, I thought about doing over under three and a half, but then mm-hmm. I felt really comfortable doing three. So I was like, you know what? Let's do this. Let's make it where we just eliminate three. So either you have to go high or low. So Yeah, because I feel like three is pretty possible. Yeah, I agree too. And so it's like two is probably going to happen, but then the question is, are they going to go over two? So, anyways, uh, what is your Lions question of the week, Brandon? Will the Lions hold Jonathan Taylor under 100 yards rushing? And I'm going to say yes. Ooh. Yeah. So that means he'll probably get 200 and like three touchdowns. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to come out, and um, especially since I have the Lions losing this one, I will go ahead and say no on that one. Rock. No dice. All right, so there you go. That's this week's episode uh, covering reviews from last weekend, and which both teams won, amazingly enough, and then previews of the upcoming games this weekend. We hope you guys enjoy the games, we hope they're entertaining and that you get to enjoy your Halloween weekend as well, wherever you are, if you're doing trick-or-treating. Hope that you uh, have good weather because that can always be a mess every year. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you guys <laughs> for hanging out. We appreciate it. We, and as always, we will finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue. <laughs>